because I was more focused on reaching those goals than understanding the material and really reviewing it as I went. And that's what where your course came it was huge for me because I was able to just anytime I had a minute, just go through the multiple choice questions and constantly going back and reviewing the review notes and reading through those to refresh my mind. It's a lot less intimidating to go back the entire section. And that's been super helpful. Welcome to episode 59 of the CPA exam experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate. And in today's interview, you're going to hear me talk with Morgan. So Morgan was a super fast CPA customer, of course, and now she is a CPA. She is done with her exams. And in this interview, we touch on a lot of topics. And again, we cover all parts of the study process. She just has a lot of tips and insights to share. But three specific things that we discussed in this interview. First of all, we talk through our opinions on the whole adaptive software trend that's going on with all the review courses. Pretty much every review course now claims to be using some sort of adaptive software. And so we kind of discuss that for a minute. The second thing is kind of the false flag that progress indicators in a review course can be. And so many people get caught up in trying to fill up the bars on their dashboard to get 100% on each lesson, not scoring 100% on practice questions. And just kind of the difference, we just talk about the reality of, is that a real indicator that you're making progress or how to actually tell if you're actually making progress. And then she also mentions the power of the mini sessions. So as you'll hear, she used the study tools on the app constantly throughout her process and just kind of the freedom that gave her because she would actually take weekends off. You'll hear her talk about that. But obviously, she still had her phone at all times. So she would just do the little quizzes. She read the review notes a lot, listened to the audios. And she'll just talk about how helpful that was in addition to her main study sessions. I just want to mention our free one-hour training before we get into the interview. If you have not taken the time to watch one of these yet, that's the best place for you to start to get a big picture overview of how the study process, or actually how all parts of the study process should work. In these free trainings, the two big things that you'll learn from these trainings are how to have the perfect two-hour study session. And so on weekdays, once you know how to study following this format, you only need to study two hours a day with your main review course because you'll be getting so much done in this two hours. I mean, you'll, you'll be getting more done than someone studying four to five hours the normal way. And then kind of the backdrop of the whole training is the six key ingredients to a winning study process. So going back to the idea of how do you know you're actually making progress, that all this time and energy you're putting into studying is actually going to pay off on test day? Well, when you understand what the six key ingredients are to a effective study routine, you will know if you're doing the right things or not. So to sign up for one of these trainings, just go to our main site at superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing at the top of the homepage. Click on it. Pick a time that will work for you and then do not miss it. It will be that helpful. So with that being said, let's get into the interview with Morgan. When did you finish your last section? I took my last one at the beginning of March and then found out that I passed the beginning of April. Nice. Yeah, a couple months ago. So this April, like you just found out your score a few weeks ago, you're saying? Yep. April 8th, I found out. Cool. 
And just general, what do you do for work? Are you in public accounting? Are you in industry? Yeah, it's been tricky because we're hoping to move up to Kalispell and start jobs there, my husband and I. And with the housing market just crazy right now, we're actually looking in billing. So I'm unemployed right now, but I'm just seeing what's out there and have a few interviews this week. And my goal is to be in public accounting for sure. Yeah. So did you do a master's or just like the 150 hours or whatever? I just did the 150 hours through MSUB and I was able to just take some extra courses to fill that in. And then I graduated last May with that. Well, that's really nice. You're done before you even have to try and study and work at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And that will be a big advantage. So you're already CPA. Yeah. Okay. So let's just go over when you started. So when you started studying, you probably just did the normal thing where you got a review course and started doing the lessons. Is that what happened? Yeah. So kind of what happened was I was recommended Surgent by a friend and I had bought that back right after I graduated and kind of just started diving into that. But with COVID and all of those challenges, my application actually didn't get like accepted for about three months from when I originally applied. So I kind of was studying, but also trying to retain the knowledge over... I started with FAR. So that was just a lot of information to try and keep for the whole three months while I was studying. So yeah, I started with that. And then originally, I actually had a free trial to Roger CPA review and had tried that a little bit and ended up liking that a lot better. So I actually switched... Which definitely don't recommend <laughs> for anyone, but yeah. And then I heard about your super fast CPA app, and I just kind of wanted to supplement with that. So cool. that was kind of how my original study plan started. So, did you actually go in and take FAR in that first three months? How did that go? Did you take it and fail it once, or how did that work? Yeah, I studied for yeah about three months, took it and got a 74. Mm. And so then I was really defeated at that point, just feeling like, I don't know, kind of college just seemed so different. I had never really felt that kind of failure before. So it was a challenge for sure. (laughs) And then I studied for a couple more weeks and retook far right away and ended up passing with a 78. So it was, it was good. I just needed that extra couple of weeks of good study time. So where along there did you find our stuff and get our supplements? So at first, I started primarily with Surgent. And then Mm -hmm. a friend recommended Superfast kind of midway studying for FAR. And so I was still primarily studying with the review course and just going through the materials and everything. But then once I found that you had the lectures or yeah, strategy videos, I kind of went through there and just got an idea of what your course was all about. And then I ended up purchasing that and downloading the app. And that's been super helpful just especially the review notes, just going through those and kind of getting a general idea before I even jump into any questions. Mm-hmm. That just helped. I would read that and then take notes and flashcards with that. And then from there, start multiple choice questions just really to see where the weak areas were and then go back and maybe read the textbook if I wanted to or watch lectures in the review course. Okay. So you watched our strategy videos. So you kind of switched from the normal approach where you'd watch the video lecture, read the chapter, then do practice questions. You kind of switched to jumping straight into the questions and just watching the video or the text like as needed if you needed more 
on a certain lesson? Yeah, that was super helpful. Just kind of getting a general knowledge because I mean, a lot of these topics are familiar from school, right? but it was just figuring out where my gaps were and honing in on those instead of trying to get such a huge knowledge of everything. Yeah, that's true. The other thing I was going to ask is there's a big emphasis on the review courses starting to say they use like AI, you know, that's like a hot button or adaptive type stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas kind of my opinion on that whole thing is by continually doing sets of 30 on everything you've studied, you become very familiar with the things that you you just know that you don't understand versus doing a huge diagnostic test and having software like tell you back. It can obviously identify weak areas maybe, but Surgeon's big on that. How did you like that approach having to do this big diagnostic test up front? Or I don't know, what was your experience with the whole adaptive thing? Yeah, honestly, it was... I did it. I wasn't crazy about it. I skipped the adaptive at the beginning and just kind of went through the outline each section at a time and then would kind of try and get my score up to the recommended percentage. And I think Mm -hmm. I had a hard time with because I was more focused on reaching those goals than understanding the material and really reviewing it as I went. And that's what where your course came it was huge for me because I was able to just anytime I had a minute, just go through the multiple choice questions and constantly going back and reviewing the review notes and reading through those to refresh my mind. It's a lot less intimidating to go back the entire section on yeah. BEC or FAR than it is to read a whole chapter in the textbook from the review course. So yeah, I, I liked the AI aspect of it, of the course, in that it kind of gave you an idea of where you were at. But also, I found it kind of to hinder me in my study process, just focusing more on meeting those goals and understanding the information. Yeah, that's a big thing is within the review courses, doing all the little things to get your percentage up on each lesson. Right. Does not necessarily a real like progress checker. You can be meeting those things and getting 100% complete on the lessons and obviously still not really understand it that well as far as answering questions on test day. Yeah. Okay. So you went through FAR and then what was your uh, next one? And so then I jumped into BEC and I, I think I jumped the gun a little too quick on that one. I definitely underestimated it. So I only spent about two weeks on it and got a 74 again. And so... That's pretty good for just two weeks, but yeah. yeah. But still, it was a letdown for sure. I just was disappointed in myself and that I didn't take more time on it and everything. So then from there, I took audit and then rig and I passed both of those on the first try. So at that point, I had only a couple months left of my NTS. So that kind of put a time restraint on there. And then I went back to BEC at the beginning of this year and I took about three months with weekends off and a Mm -hmm. lot of things coming up in between there. But yeah, and then I ended up passing that at the beginning of April. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you passed your second attempt on FAR. Did you feel like you had your study process pretty much figured out at that point? And then the the only thing with BEC was just doing two weeks, whereas with three or four weeks, you probably would have passed it. Is that what you kind of feel like? Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, with FAR, it was just that I had so much time, like almost gave myself too much time. I don't recommend doing that, or at least with my learning style. 
it wasn't as beneficial for me to take more time. It was better for me to have like a set goal and then be like, okay, this is how I'm going to study. This is my plan. And then stick to that instead Mm of, oh, I have three months and I can take time off when I want and kind of that approach. There's just too much room for life to happen. Lying to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I would definitely recommend that people like if they can, I know that work gets in the way, but try and set a plan and then stick to it instead of just kind of studying to study. Yeah, with the timelines, there's definitely a sweet spot. I'm a big advocate of that. The short enough timeline that you feel pressure. Right. Because like you said, three months for just one section, it's easy to just be like, this week has been a disaster. I'm just going to start fresh on Monday. Right. That happens a few times and it's like, you were never that consistent. It's just, yeah. For sure. Oh, I was just going to say, and also just not getting too down on yourself if you do miss some time and jumping back in. You know, if you're sitting down to study and it's just not clicking or things aren't going well, then just take a step back, go for a walk. I loved going for walks with my husband and just taking a moment to step away from it and then coming back instead of just feeling that time pressure to the point where it's not productive then. Yeah, that's a good tip. Going along with that, that's also why our whole thing is like when you study in this format, you really only need to put in like the two hour main session on weekdays so that, and then you study from your phone Mm -hmm. in all the gaps of your day and it makes up another one, two, three hours so that you can have this semblance of a normal life. And it's not always just like work and study because that's when people get burnout and Mm -hmm. nothing really goes well if you're just always miserable. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to ask is once you had your study process dialed in, what did a full day of studying look like? When did you do your main study session? Did you study from your phone throughout the day? Just what, what did a whole day of studying look like? So usually I would start with review notes. I would sit down and read those on my phone, even just like getting up and drinking my morning coffee or whatever. And then from there, either make flashcards or dive right into the multiple choice questions and kind of get a gauge of my understanding of that information. And then if I still wasn't like scoring very well on the quizzes, then I would go back through and either watch lectures or read the book, depending. I mean, each section is different. And so I think it's either the lectures are really helpful or just reading it and kind of finding a balance between the two. And then also supplementing with the five question quizzes. That was huge for me throughout the day. Just take the time instead of going on social media or distracting myself and ending up 20 minutes later still on just scrolling mindlessly. It helped a lot to have those quizzes where I could just jump on there, do a few, read the response, the feedback on there. That was super helpful. And then go back into a full study session where I'm doing like 50 question, multiple choice question um, Mm -hmm. quizzes. And that was really helpful. And you probably said this, Were you waking up early to do your kind of main session or were you doing it at night? I was mainly doing it in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Waking up and doing that. And then I had time to go on walks. And if things came up, I tried not to be so focused that I lost my life in this process. So I think that was really important and more maintainable, I think, especially over a long term. Right. 
for people who can just sit down and take it in a couple months, that's great. But also you don't have a life for those three months or Mm -hmm. so. And that just doesn't translate super well into the workforce then when you're trying to sustain that and it's all work and you're not finding the time to enjoy life and take trips and everything. Yeah, definitely. So how did you study on the weekends typically? For the most part, I took weekends off besides the like last weekend before I tested. And then I say off, but then I was still on my phone doing the multiple Mm -hmm. choice questions when I could. But it wasn't that pressure of like, I have to sit down for seven hours and focus on reading the textbook or watching the lectures. And so it just gave me that freedom, even if we were traveling to just take out my phone and read over the review notes or do the multiple choice questions. So it was nice to have that flexibility (laughs) where I'm not lugging around a huge textbook and trying to find time to study in that way. Yeah. I think people underestimate how effective it can be to just study from your phone. For sure. Yeah. Did you always have that dumb thing? Right. Sitting at doctor's appointments, just waiting in traffic. Even I would put on the audio notes or whatever it looked like. But yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because sometimes when I get emails where people ask me, how do I do this? Or I'm not doing well on the sets of 30. How can I improve? That's like the first thing I ask is how dedicated or how consistent are you with studying from your phone? like the mini sessions idea. Mm-hmm. It just all goes together. Yeah, You do the two hours in the morning, then the mini sessions. It's mostly about establishing a daily routine that is, like you said, maintainable. For sure. That you can keep going for months. Right. And even taking weekends off, like you said. Yeah. So you mentioned making flashcards. And that's one thing I always ask, like, what was your process for putting things in your own words or... How did you try to dissect topics that you personally struggled with? What was your process for that when you came to a lesson that for you was more difficult than others? Honestly, yeah, with flashcards, it was more the act of just writing it in my own words than actually going back and reviewing the flashcards, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I mean, so often I would make so many flashcards and then not have the time to go back and review them. So I think it really did just help putting them in my own words and then also explaining it to someone else. Like I would go on walks with my husband and just talk to him about whatever topic that I was studying that day. And it helped to like really make me understand it and explain it in a way that he made sense. Yeah, him. Yeah. And then he was able to ask questions too and be like, well, what do you mean by this? Which helped even more just trying to explain it to someone else. That was huge. Yeah, that is a good tip. A recent interview that I just did, that's what they mentioned was they would study in the mornings, use the app throughout the day and everything. But all the flashcards they had written, they weren't trying to do a big study thing at night, but they would just sit with their husband on the couch or whatever while they were watching TV. And she would hand her phone to him. He would ask her the flashcard prompts, just that whole exchange. And it's like, that's not the way everyone pictures hanging out with their spouse, like doing CPA stuff, but it does kind of help you combine both things. And it's just kind of like easy thing you can do at night, not every night, but even just once in a while, like you said, forcing yourself to be able to explain a concept means that you have it. Yeah, for sure. And what about practice sims? Like, How did you use those in your study process? How did you treat that? 
So I would typically start with the multiple choice questions and go through those and really get a good understanding of the topic and then dive into the task-based simulations. And I don't know, those were just a good way to kind of put it in different terms. I mean, it's just like so different than seeing the answers right there and having to Mm -hmm. choose whichever one you think is best. You know, it's like you're actually processing and working through things that are more applicable to the industry, I'd say, but kind of using that as a gauge too of how well I really understood the concepts instead of just memorizing the answers to multiple choice questions or Mm -hmm. guessing even. It really forced me to understand the topics and go through them thoroughly instead of just taking an aspect of it and turning it into a multiple choice question, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the actual specifics, let's say you pulled up a practice sim Mm -hmm. and would you kind of stare at it for a while, try to work through it, or would you submit it pretty quickly and then try to like rework it again? Or just what was your actual process to filling them out or just how you used them? Right. Yeah. It definitely depended on what it was. For some of them, I would go into it and not have a clue how to even attempt it, you know, at first. And so I would usually just read through the information and try and get the best understanding I could of it, but not waste too much time trying to figure it out in that moment. And then I would submit it and see the answer and be able to connect dots or go back to the lectures and the reading and kind of see where that even came from and work back that way. But also on the ones that I did feel comfortable answering and had a little more knowledge of it, then I would just read through all the information first and get an idea of kind of what they were asking and try and really understand what was needed to be accomplished and then work through it that way. And I'm definitely a note taker. So I would kind of go through and if there were numbers, I'd write all the numbers down and then have them right there and ready for the question, even if they weren't applicable, but then I would just have that right there and handy to do that. So that was super helpful. Yeah, that's basically exactly how I would tell someone to do the Sims. Like if you want practice and you kind of know one, then it's worthwhile to kind of work through it and fill it out. But on the other hand, if you look at it and you have no idea, there's no point in just staring at it for 20 minutes and making a bunch of guesses. You you should just submit it, look at the answer, think about what it says then go back and try to fill it out again and get as far as you can, then submit it once you get stuck. Yeah. And just you just kind of reverse engineer them, just like using the MCQs as a learning tool, like same idea. Okay. So that brings us to how did you do whatever your version of like a final review was? How long did you save once you got through all the material? How long did you leave for a final review? And like, what did your final review consist of? Yeah. So I tried to use about two weeks aside from my first attempt at BEC where I just took the two weeks and took it. I tried to leave about two weeks and I would just kind of go back through each chapter that are in the review notes that you have Mm -hmm. provided and kind of just make sure that I can almost explain the information as I went instead of just reviewing it to learn it, but reading it to really understand and make sure that I have a solid grasp on it. And then just tons of multiple choice questions. Originally with my first take at FAR, I was taking the practice tests and I just, I didn't find that to be very helpful because I mean, it helped with time management and getting that down, but it didn't help 
going through an entire, I mean, by the time I sat down and took the entire four hour test and then went back, it was like, oh, I don't even want to review this right Right. now. Like my brain is so fried that I just Mm -hmm. need a break and I'll review it later. And then sometimes I wouldn't even go back to it. So for final review, I would kind of break it down into like, like for BEC, there's 31 multiple choice questions for each Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. And so I would do like 31 multiple choice questions, and then another set of 31 multiple choice questions, and then break it down into two task based simulations, and two task based simulations, and then the written communication and kind of do it that way where I could get up and take a break if I needed to each Tesla or even be able to submit questions that I wasn't for 100% sure on and get the feedback and then kind of move on from there instead of doing the entire test and then reviewing it. It was yeah. kind of take it in chunks and break it down that way. Yep. That's my view on the whole thing is some people want just to see what it feels like to sit down, do the full four hour thing. And I did that once. And yeah. after that, I was like, okay, sets of 30 is the same like unit that it's going to be on test day. Right. And so doing just endless sets of 30, it gets you very proficient and comfortable with the MCQs, For sure. which of course on test day, getting done with those as soon as possible is like the biggest strategy for the Sims is just to have as much time as possible. For sure. Yeah. And that was my, that was going to be my next question. Once you kind of switched to this question first approach, did you have a easier time with time management on test day? Like, were you finishing the MCQs relatively quickly? And Yeah, even on reg. So I took that right before I went back to BEC. And I was able to actually complete like the test with time to spare, which didn't happen on any of the other ones. It was crazy. I mean, usually I've always been that person during test day, even in high school and college where I'm sitting there the entire period going back and looking at things and making sure it was all right. And yeah, I just got so efficient at reading the question finding the answer and then moving on instead of analyzing it to the point where I think this might be what the answer is, but just trusting my first instinct and then moving on. And then if there were a couple that I wasn't entirely sure and just needed to step away from, I would flag it on the test. And then at the end of the test, like go back to those ones if I had time. And just even breaking down, I know Roger did a really good job at this, but just saying like, okay, this is how much time each testlet should be completed in and writing that at the top of the test booklet and just having like, okay, by this time on the countdown clock, I should have testlet one completed and then kind of give myself an idea there. And then when the break came to, I would went on my break, I would mentally think, okay, I have this much time left, this many task-based simulations, this is how much I should allot to each one. And then having that kind of, because I definitely had tests where I was, I either had more time on task-based simulations or less time than originally planned. And so kind of taking that break to reassess and see where I was at was really helpful too. That's a good tip. I hadn't heard that before, but just, yeah, when you get in there, make writing down like your ideal timelines. That's just a really simple, but a good strategy. For sure. So we've kind of gone through everything. What would you say, last thing I always ask, even if it's something we already covered, what would you say your top two or three tips are for people that are currently studying? 
I would say, honestly, just to keep going and push through it. These tests are not easy by any means. And so just definitely not giving up and pushing through even when it seems really hard. And then also surrounding yourself with a great support system for sure. I mean, people who are there with ice cream if you fail or people who are there to celebrate you when you pass. That's just the greatest feeling to have people who know you're taking the exam and can kind of just encourage you along the way, even if it is just sending you a quick test text in the morning saying, hey, I hope your studying goes well today. Just having yeah. those around you to lift you up and encourage you and support you, whether you pass or fail. And then it's just so much more rewarding once you get to call all those people at the end and say, I did it, I'm done and I passed. And there's just no better feeling than that. Yeah. And then also just making sure to keep a good study and life balance and not getting too down on yourself when you do either fail or you have an unproductive study day. I think it's easy to kind of get in a rut where you get feeling down and depressed and then and then that can go over a course of a week yeah. and there's a whole week lost of studying. So really just taking the time off that you need. Like I said, I would take weekends off for the most part and just allow myself to relax and kind of step away and do something fun on the weekends and then get back to it on Monday. So I was constantly, instead of sitting down and saying, okay, I need to study every day straight until my exam, I would have those times to look forward to where instead of allowing myself to get depressed and then end up wasting a week instead of just a week. Yeah. So, and then another thing that was huge for me was just kind of planning wise when I was going to take the test. Um, it was really helpful to do it like right before a friend's birthday or our anniversary or even like Thanksgiving or Christmas and just having like, okay, I'm going to be done by then and then take a week off to go spend time with family or go yeah. to a on a trip somewhere fun. And yeah, that's a good thing to do. I wouldn't recommend that in the middle of studying, but after you've tested, then take some time off to do something fun and celebrate. And so, yeah, that was huge for me, just keeping me motivated and always or looking forward to the next big thing that was happening. That is a good tip just to... No one's like put it like that before, but yeah, it just makes sense. If you have these like events that are going to be fun throughout the year or over the next six months or whatever it is to put an exam right before it. So you're not having to try to think about studying or even trying to study while you're on a family vacation or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. And just making sure that you give yourself those times off, you know, not getting so down about, I have to study and stick to this and to the point that you're just going crazy because you have no life. Yeah. And I mean, life definitely happens. Like this past year has, there's been so many changes and even deaths in the family where we would take off a week unplanned for and go spend time with family and just always knowing that you can make up for it later yeah. and not get so down on yourself to the point where you're unproductive when you do get back to studying. Yeah. And like you said, you can go and do these fun things and still like take a little quiz a few times a day or sure, yeah. read the notes when you're just waiting for something to, else to happen. Or Right. Definitely. Keeping things on top of your mind all the time helps a lot. Right. Well, yeah, we've kind of gone through everything. So thank you for coming on the call. We people find these really valuable. And I'm glad our 
study tools. Sounds like you use the review notes the most. Yeah. I'm glad you found them helpful. So congrats on being done. And yeah, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much. So that was the interview with Morgan. I really like how multiple times she talked about how effective the mini sessions were. I think as I kind of commented during the interview on that, I think people really underestimate how effective it can be to study from your phone. There is something, there's two parts to it. It's the effect on just your brain and your memory by hitting the topics that you're trying to learn multiple times a day. There's something about that. And there's this actual scientific study that I've linked to multiple times in emails or I mentioned on the podcast a few times. Anyways, I will try to remember to link that in the episode page if anyone's interested in reading that study, but it talks about that exact thing, how effective it is to come back to a new topic you're trying to learn over and over versus even spending the same amount of time, but all in one study session or in one big chunk, it is dramatically more effective to break it up and revisit it multiple times throughout whatever the learning window is. Anyways, so the idea of these mini sessions, in addition to an effective main study session, I think that is just, that's why this format is so effective for people. So you do your, your effective main study session, which again, you'll learn how to do those in our free trainings. Go to our main site, superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing at the top of the homepage. Register for one of those, spend an hour seeing how we teach our clients to study. You will have several aha moments. So anyways, you have your main study session, and then you simply use our study tools throughout the rest of your day in like literally two, three, five minutes at a time, just all throughout the day. Once you make that a habit, you will be surprised after a few weeks how confident you're feeling in the material that you're trying to learn. So as far as these podcasts go, like I always say, these are one of the most helpful free resources available anywhere for people trying to figure out their own study process. So if you're listening to this, be a good friend or a colleague or a coworker and share the podcast with anyone else who's also working on their CPA exams. These episodes are obviously free on any podcast platform, and it's just story after story with dozens of insights, tips, and strategies on every episode about what an effective study routine looks like and what it contains. And also, we obviously cover the most common mistakes that people don't realize they're making over months and sometimes years until they really nail down their study routine. They're able to look back and see, okay, this is why I was struggling so much. I was just doing way too much of this or making this big mistake, not realizing this. That's why these episodes are so helpful. So share it with someone who's working on their exams. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.